Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father and our God, we come before you tonight in simple faith. We ask, O oh Lord, that the Holy Spirit, as only he can, takes absolute control. We pray, my Father, that you take full preeminence. We ask that you teach us. We ask that your Holy Spirit guide us. Thank you for tonight. We are excited for what you will do. and We are expectant for what you are going to make happen. Father, thank you for tonight. In Jesus' most holy name, amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we've um, last week we started um, a series, and if this is your first time logging on this year, Happy New Year. We're really appreciative if you're here. Um, we started a series looking at the names of God, and the reason we're looking at the names of God is to start off our year, it's a great time to discover who God is so that we understand who we trust, what he says, what he promises us, and stuff like that. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're looking at the names of God, but we are also looking at the fact that through the names of God, we find them um, clearly manifested or made clear in the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we also find that as we now lean on those names, we have, one of the key things that really helps us is our prayer life changes, completely changes, because we can, um, clearly changes. So, um, so that's what we're going to do. Um, and yeah, so that's what we're going to do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's absolutely wonderful. And so we're going to begin from there. Last week, we looked at two of the names of God. We looked at the fact that we looked at the word Jehovah, the fact that God is the all-sufficient God. And we saw that in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we're going to continue from there tonight. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to do is kindly turn in your Bibles to the book of we're going to have a look at another name of the lord and tonight turning your bibles to genesis chapter 17 verse 1 genesis 17 and we're going to go to verse 1 to start and i'll read and i'm going to read um i will read from verses i'll read verse 1 and i will i'll read verse 1 and the bible says the following and when Abraham, when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And the Bible then goes on to say that the Lord sets a covenant with the Lord. And so Genesis 17 verse one presents to us the name of God that we're going to look at tonight. And the name of the Lord that we're going to look at tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is as follows. It's Jehovah El Shaddai. Now, it's one of the more popular names of God that we may have heard. And its, it's meaning is far-reaching, and it's this. Jehovah El Shaddai means the almighty God. And we're going to break that down. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize we're going to break that down. It's, it's the almighty God. And let's, so let me explain first. The word Shaddai, as in El Shaddai, which is the Lord Jehovah El Shaddai. That means Jehovah, the almighty God. El Shaddai means burly. Shaddai means powerful. And Shaddai also means impregnable. Now, when we say burly, that in, is indicative of the nature of strength, meaning muscular, very, 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 very well built. And it, the word also means powerful. 
but then the word also, also holds within it the meaning of impregnable. And when we say impregnable, let's go there first before we go on to anything else. And um, let's let's and I will ask you to please turn in your Bible to Proverbs 18, verse 10. And the Bible says the following. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when the Bible says that I am the almighty God, it means anyone in me, the Bible says that name is impregnable. Outside of that name, nothing can get in. And so we realized when the psalmist now, or, or, or the writer of Proverbs now says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. So we realize that God's power and ability, it will make you safe when you trust in the name of the Lord. And I, I want you to keep that in mind. And so we're looking at the fact that God is the almighty God, the almighty God. And so what I also, so let's put that in a very simple statement, ladies and gentlemen, as we move forward. Um, and I'm, I'm going to try and go systematically. The statement I want you to remember about the, that particular name of God, it is this. It means that God is all powerful. That means there is nothing outside of the reach of the almighty God's ability. He is the all powerful God. And I want you to understand something, ladies and gentlemen, that our salvation, what we are walking in, in Christ Jesus, is a function of power. The power of God expressed on our behalf has shaped our salvation. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when you, when you think about God, when Jesus says that, when he says that, listen, that the Lord is God Almighty, the Almighty God, the name of one of the names of the Lord is that he is the Almighty God. It means, ladies and gentlemen, that God is all-powerful. When you find yourself in a situation of challenge and you come to trust in the name of the Lord, it means that there is nothing that God cannot or will not do on your behalf. Please keep that in mind. But let's have a look at this fact that our salvation is a function of power. Please turn in your Bibles. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Let's go quite quickly because we've got a, quite a bit to do tonight. Luke 1, verse 34. And so this is a story between um, at, describing the birth of Jesus. And the Bible says the following. Then Mary said unto the angel, how shall this thing be? She has just been told that the angel, um, that she's going to have a child, even though she's not, um, she hasn't been with a man yet. And the Bible says the following. Then Mary said unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So we realize Jesus' conception, the conception of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, was a function of the power of God. So remember, we said that God is the almighty God. And so we're going to see that in action. So the first thing we see is that Jesus' conception was a demonstration of God's power. Now, also, ladies and gentlemen, turn in your Bible. So let's have a look at the element of God being the all-powerful God in the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Alex, and, and, so please turn to Mark 2. And Mark 2, we're going to read from verses 1 to 12. Mark 2, verses 1 to 12. 
And we will realize that and the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is a demonstration of the fact that God is all powerful. Let's see what the Bible says. And the Bible says, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Verse two, and straight away, many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Verse 8. And immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Verse 9. Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk? Now, verse 10 is key. The Bible says, but that you may that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Notice he said power. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. Verse 12. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Ladies and gentlemen, what we realized is this. In Mark 2, verses 1 to 12, the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is a demonstration or a manifestation of the fact that God is all powerful. And Jesus said, look, not only am I able to forgive sins, but also the impact of sin in the life of this man, I will demonstrate to you that I have the power to forgive sins. And the Bible then says, he says, get up, take up your bed and walk. So we realize that the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we're going to have a look at in a moment, is a demonstration or a manifestation of the fact that God is all-powerful. All-powerful. So pause for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take our declaration, and we'll come back to that theme in a moment. So ladies and gentlemen, let's take our declaration together. Oh, Lord, we are your people, called by your name. We humble ourselves, we pray and seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And wherever you are in the world, ladies and gentlemen, we declare that may that be true on your behalf. May the land that you find yourself in, whatever borough, whatever place, whatever town, may it be healed by the power of the Almighty God. And we declare that that land is healed in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And we do that. And like we said, that comes from 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. So let's go back to the fact that the ministry of our Lord and Savior is a demonstration of the fact. And remember what Jesus said. He said, to refresh your minds, just so just in case there's somebody here that wasn't here last week. John chapter 17. Jesus said in verse 6, John 17, verse 6, Jesus said, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. So what we realize 
Jesus was saying that everything that he did, everything that Jesus did, he said, I was manifesting the name of the Father. I was making clear to the people around me, this is who you are. And so we realize the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was to make the Lord God clear to us so that we are comfortable enough to follow and have a relationship with the Lord. We, we spoke about that last week. And so we now see the, another name of the Lord that Jesus is manifesting. It's something that he's making clear. And what is he making clear? That God is the all-powerful God. So we, while we're looking at that, we realize Jesus is confronted with a man who is very sick. Jesus then says, listen, your sins are forgiven you. And they got very upset. How can you say your sins are forgiven you? He said, no problems. I will demonstrate to you that the, that the son of man, that's him, has the power to forgive sins. He says, therefore, I'm going to remove the impact of sin in this man's life. And he says, therefore, get up pick up your bed, go home and walk, and walk and go home. And the man stands up. He may never have stood up from before. He was lame. So what I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is this is where we see that the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is a manifestation of the fact that God is all powerful. So what? before I go on to the next, script, next two scriptures, which are really important, I want you to remember something. When you are praying to God in the name of Jesus, I want you to understand the God you are praying to. And that means when God says, I am the almighty God, God says, he didn't say it because of anything that happened down here. He said, I am Jehovah, the Jehovah El Shaddai, Jehovah, the almighty God. He said it of himself. He gave it to us as a gift. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we want you to realize today, that as we come into this year, as you come into the place of prayer, you are praying to the God who says of himself and has proved that I am the all-powerful God. So let's see two scriptures to back that up, and then we'll move on because we want to get a clear picture of Jesus's ministry in the, with the element of power. Two, the next scripture I want you to look at, ladies and gentlemen, which backs up this one, is Acts chapter 10, verse 38. So we realize that the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is a function of power. It's the power of God in action. The Bible says, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, and the Bible says the following. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand everywhere Jesus went, the Bible says, what he did, whereby he did the works of God, the Bible says it was a function of the power of God. And that power, ladies and gentlemen, is available to you and I through the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so what I want you to have in mind as you go through this year, especially as you come into the place of prayer, ladies and gentlemen, especially as you come into the place of prayer, I want you to realize, please keep this in mind. The power of the living God is at your disposal. It's within your reach. And so this is one of the things we wanted to hold on to, and I want you to keep that in mind, please. The second, the last thing I want you to, to uh, hold on to hold on to when we talk about the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is found in the book of Luke, chapter 5, verse 17. Luke 5, verse 17. And this is one of the beautiful things about studying the Bible, where you realize what God says of himself is true from the beginning to the end of the Bible. It's true from the beginning to the end. And that means we can trust him. And so listen to Luke 5, verse 17. 
And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, this is Jesus Christ, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And then the next statement is key. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And so we realize when the word of God was being taught, the power of the Lord was present to heal and restore those who were there, not just heal their physical bodies, but to heal minds, to heal hearts, to heal any oppression of Satan. And so let me say a simple prayer over your life, just at this particular juncture, because we're, we're teaching the word of God. May the power of the Lord be present where you are to cause any oppression of Satan and anything that needs healing in your body, in your mind, in your soul, or in your circumstances, may the power of the Lord make it happen through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as we teach the Bible, may the power of the Lord do what you desire. And so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to keep moving. And so we also realize that if we, just to show you that this, that, that the element of power is all pervasive, in the ministry and life and ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Turning your Bibles to John chapter 10, and we're going to read from verses 17 to 18, John chapter 10, verses 17 to 18. And I've slowed down a bit so that you can, um, hopefully it makes it easy to follow, but I want you to show you that there is a thread from where God said to Abraham in Genesis that, I am the almighty God. We realize the element that he's saying, I am the all-powerful God. We also see that all the way through the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So pause for a moment. And the Bible says, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I may, might take it again. That's Jesus speaking about the sacrifice of his life. Verse 18 no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. That means I, I do so willingly. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand something. Notice, Jesus said, "My what I am about to do, what I am about to do when I'm going to the cross and what I am about to do in the fact that I will come back to life after having paid the price for all your sins, it is a function of the power of the living God. The power that God had given to Jesus through a promise and please keep that in mind. Notice, he said, this commandment have I received of my father in the very same way you have the word of God and the promises of God. He said, the power available to me comes through the word, and therefore I can do the impossible. Ladies and gentlemen, let me pause for a moment. Keep that in mind. Nobody had done that before. He said, nobody is forcing me, and I'm not doing it for any gain or any success, but I'm doing it because this is what's necessary. The Bible says that he said, I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to pick it up. The Bible says, so now, ladies and gentlemen, let's put that reality into a scripture that connects you with the power of God. Please turn in your Bibles to Philippians 4 verse 13. Philippians 4 verse 13. And the Bible says the following, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Ladies and gentlemen, whatsoever you need the power of God for, it's available to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I want you to realize as you come, as you come into this year, 
as you come into this season, as you come into whatever you are going through, the power of God is present to enable you to do whatever you are required to do, but also to receive the benefits of whatever God asks you to do. That means you will not sow and not reap. You will act and you will see the benefits of those actions because the power of the Lord is available to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So let's wrap this up. Let's wrap up what, um, this this little um, this section, and then we're going to move on. And so I want you to also realize, ladies and gentlemen, kindly turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter one, verse nineteen. Ephesians chapter one, verse nineteen, and the Bible says the following. I, I'll read from seventeen for for clarity. So Ephesians one seventeen, and I'll read through nineteen the prayer of Paul, and he says the following, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, that's the second thing, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. Now, this is how you connect with the power of God. You believe. What do you believe? You believe in Jesus Christ. You believe in the word of God. You believe the promises of God. You believe what Jesus has done on your behalf. You believe the Bible. You believe in God. You believe in his name. You believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. You believe that God is who he says he is. Ladies and gentlemen, when you believe, it connects you to the exceeding greatness. Well, when the Bible says exceeding greatness, that means more than you can ever require is available to you through belief and we'll look at that in a moment but this is what I, I i'll keep going because i want you to to see the full picture and the bible then says in ephesians 1 19 second part portion it says according to the working um according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in christ jesus when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And so let me put, because I'm going relatively fast, I'll, I'll put those scriptures in, into the chat for you. So that's Ephesians 1, 17 to 19. We had Philippians 4, verse 13. So that's two that we had. We also had a look at the... Um, John, just to bring you up to speed, John chapter 17 to 18. And so that gives you a picture, that gives you a bit of our journey. And then the ones on the power of God, just to bring you up to speed, ladies and gentlemen. So you can pull them off the chat. Acts 10, we, are, we had a look at verse 38. And then we looked at Luke 5 verse 17. So that gives you a picture of where we've come from thus far. And so we are at Ephesians 1 verses 17, and we're looking at verse 19. I hope that helps. And I'll, I'll try and put the scriptures in as I go. I won't go too fast. So ladies and gentlemen, two things we realize. Number one, and this number one is that our connection to the power of God is through belief. When we believe God, when we believe Jesus Christ, when we believe what the Holy Ghost tells us, when we believe what the Bible tells us, ladies and gentlemen, when we believe the word of God, the Bible says it connects you to the power of the living God. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest blessings God has given you is a promise. May any one of the promises that you are holding on to bear fruit this year. Honestly, as you are holding on to the promise, the Bible says, as you believe that God's, what God says about himself is true, that he is who he says he is, that he can do what he says he can do, and he's willing to do it for you, ladies and gentlemen, the power of God to back that up is going to show up on your behalf.
And so that's how we connect with the power of God. But we also see that the salvation that God has made available to us, where God moved us. So I'm going to pause for a moment. I'm going to explain this. The greatest act or demonstration of the power of God was not just raising Jesus from the dead. You'll notice that in Ephesians um, 1, you will realize when you read from 19 all the way down to 23, the Bible speaks of how God places Jesus in the highest place of honor. And he says, you and I are his body. So I'm going to read from Ephesians 1.19, but this time I'm going to read to verse 23. So just so everybody is clear, I'm going to read from Ephesians 1.19 to 23. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, what that means towards us, who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, step one, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, step two, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, step three, and every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, step four, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Please hear me, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest demonstration of the power of God was when God establishes Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When he puts him in a place and puts us with him, in a place of honor and preeminence so that we may live as God determined us to live. Ladies and gentlemen, why am I putting a little bit of emphasis on that? Whatever you are asking God for is not as big as that. And God is out to answer you. So as you come to God in prayer this year, I want you to realize the power of the living God is available to bring to pass what God has promised. And that, may, that includes revival in our cities, that includes revival in our nations, that includes reviving businesses, helping changing lives, that means saving people, but that also means helping you pay your bills, turning things around, healing your child, healing your body, strengthening your business, giving you insight and wisdom. There is nothing as great as what God did when he raised Jesus from the dead after all our sins have been paid for and places him in the place of highest preeminence. But he doesn't just place Jesus there. He places you and I there as his body. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize the Lord God, the almighty God, the all-powerful God, this year will answer you. He will. Please hold on to that. He will answer you as you pray. And so pray with confidence. So that's the first thing we wanted to look at tonight. The second thing we want to look at tonight is another name of God, and it's a very interesting one. And so we'll, we're going to switch tack a little bit, and we're going to look at another name of the Lord, and it's this. Your, uh, well, you wouldn't, it, it, this is a nice study for you to do. If we're going to go to the book of Genesis, okay, we're going to go to the book of Genesis to look at the second name of God for tonight. And in the book of Genesis, in Genesis 1, Genesis chapter 1, all the way from verse 1, we realize the Bible refers to God as God. Elohim and creator and the Bible says in the in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth that literally is who God is he's a creator creator of heaven and earth the interesting thing is throughout Genesis 1 the Bible says and God 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 all the way through Genesis 1 in Genesis 2 
all the way up to Genesis 2, verse 3. So verses 1, 2, and 3, the Bible says, and God, and God, and God. Wonderful. But then at verse 4, and I'll put that into the chat for clarity. At Genesis 2, verse 4, the Bible changes and the Bible says, and I'm going to read Genesis 2, verse 4. The Bible says, these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and heavens. Now, pause for a moment. What's the difference? It is the fact of a relationship by Gen from genesis 1 all the way to genesis 2 verse 3 god is creating everything creating mankind creating all the animals putting the heavens in place and the bible says he does this as god elohim but from verse 4 when now the world is exactly the way he wants it to be we realize the Bible changes and now God says, I have a relationship with my creation. And the Bible says the word, the name of God changes and it is the Lord God. And that the word there described, which is Jehovah Elohim. It is indicative of the fact that there is an internal relationship between God the Father and us, his creation. And ladies and gentlemen, the next thing you see that the Bible says about God in verse 4 is that he makes the heavens and the earth. You see, the Lord God the word used there, it means the supreme God. That means God is so high, he cannot be questioned. He is free to do exactly what he sees on his inside. So what I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, notice the Bible says God created the heavens and the earth. That means in between those two things, everything else exists that means you are not facing a challenge situation problem or circumstance that is beyond the ability of the creative power of the god that you serve he's the supreme god so when he says it will be this way there's nobody higher there's no higher reference he's the one that has the final say. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize is this. The next name of the Lord we're looking at is the Lord God. It's indicative of God having a relationship with you and I. But what we're focusing on today is the following. The Lord God that made heaven and earth. And so what I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, that God is on your side. When we look at the names of the Lord, we realize God has given them to us freely. And it's indicative that God has done more for you and I than we will ever be able to ask for. He's already said, I am the supreme God. And it is beyond question. And I'm willing to defend that. He's already said, I am the almighty God. And he is willing to defend that. Last week, we realized that he's the covenant-keeping God, the self-existent one, the God you can trust irrespective of your circumstances. And he's willing to, he's willing to maintain that. So what I want you to understand is God is on your side. And he has done more for you and I than we can imagine. So let's dig into this little this as we as we begin to work towards an end today so jehovah elohim means he's the creator of heavens the heavens and the earth uh, and turning your bibles with me ladies and gentlemen 
Well, and I'm going to, I'll put it into the chat for you. Please turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 44, reading from verses 24, and we're going to read to verse 28. Isaiah 44, and we're going to read from 24. This is God speaking about himself. The Bible says, thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. Pause. So wait, what God is saying, he said, not only did I redeem you, I bought you back. At my expense, did I save you? Then he said, I formed you from the womb. That means I'm the one that shaped who you are, what you are, what you will be. He then says, I am the Lord. I am Jehovah, the self-existent one. But then he says, that maketh all things, meaning, and please keep this in mind, there is nothing that exists that God did not create. That means there is nothing that exists that God cannot correct, fix, or restore. Somebody needed to hear that fact. I'm going to keep reading. I, I, the Holy Ghost has slowed me down. I want to keep reading, but I want somebody to grab this. And please hear me well. The Lord says, this is what I've done. I stretched out the earth alone. I, I, the heavens alone. I established the earth by myself. And he says, that God created everything else. That means when you are asking him to fix something, it's well within his reach to correct it because he created it in the beginning. He did not corrupt it. He created it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I know I'm speaking, I, I can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going very, very slowly. And I know I'm speaking to someone. And so what I want you to do is I'm going to skip to a scripture I did not necessarily have in my um, notes. And it's this one. Please turn in your Bible to John chapter 1, verse 1. And I'll read from there. And I'm only going to read to about verse three, depending on what the Holy Spirit says, but somebody needs to hear this. Please remember, he says, I am the Lord God that created all things. I make all things. John one verse one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse three, all things were made by him. And without him, not anything made that was made. Ladies and gentlemen, that means there is nothing that you are presenting to God Almighty to repair that is beyond him. Why? He created all of them. And he will heal all of them. Turn in your Bibles, um, please, to Psalm 107, verse 20. By the way, this, is, this was not in my notes, so I know I'm speaking to somebody. And I will continue with my notes in a minute. But somebody needs to hear this. Psalm 107, verse 20, and then I'll move on. And the Bible says the following, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Pause. Not only will God's word heal 
or restore to an original state. But he will also deliver you from whatever is destroying you currently. It's a complete healing. Why? He said, I am the Lord and I created all, I maketh all things. There is nothing that you are confronted with that God did not make originally. That means he can remake it or restore it to an original state. We also realize that God said of himself that he is the almighty God. That means there is no exertion of power, no demonstration of power that God is not ready to exert on your behalf. Are we together, ladies and gentlemen? I want you to, and I know I'm speaking to someone and I'm going to move on. So whoever is facing a debilitating challenge that is destroying you, that is threatening your life, I stand with the authority of the almighty God. May the God that maketh all things remake you. May he remake whatever needs to be remade. May he remake whatever was broken. May, and not only will he remake it, he will deliver you from what caused it in the beginning. That means somebody needs to hear me. There will be no relapse. There will be no reoccurrence of what God has, what has caused you pain and anguish. There will not be a case where you will go back and they say, oh, it's come back. There will not be, hear me well. And this is where I'm going to end. I, I just know this is what somebody needs to hear me. Please, someone needs to hear me. Nahum 1.9. I'm not afraid to, I, this is not in my notes, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm I'm happy to say so. Nahum 1 verse 9. What do you imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. And the Bible then says the following. Affliction shall not arise a second time. So affliction, that means the suffering that has caused you anguish. It will not rise. It will not rise a second time. Why? God said. I am the Lord God that maketh all things. And in Jesus Christ, notice he said, when he wants to heal you, he will send his word. He said, I will remake whatever was broken. And so ladies and gentlemen, we've still got 15 minutes to go. So let's dig into that. Let's see that in action in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There were some other scriptures I wanted to go to, but you know what? Let's go to the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 9. Let me not rush forward. Turn in your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, let's look at two scriptures that will buttress what we just said, and then we, we will continue. Eyes, and I'll put this into the, the chat, ladies and gentlemen, do not worry. So please now turn in your Bibles to Isaiah, forgive me if I used a, um, an abbreviation, Isaiah 40, to 28 to 31. And I'll put it in now, Jeremiah 32. And we're going to look at verse 17. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Let it pop up on my Bible. Fantastic. The Bible says the following. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increased his strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Pause for a moment. Why did the Holy Ghost take us back to those verses? 
is very important. In between your time of praying and the manifestation of your miracle, God will give you strength. The strength necessary to keep going. The strength where he will lift you, the strength where you will be able to keep going one foot against the other. Please hear me well. The Bible says that the God who the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not get tired and neither is he weary. He will turn things around on your behalf. And so whoever out there needs strength, that simple ability to keep going, the Lord will provide it. Ladies and gentlemen, please turn in your Bible to the second scripture. And the second scripture is Jeremiah 32. And we're going to look at verse 17. Jeremiah 32. And we're going to look at verse 17. The Bible says the following. Our Lord God, the prophet exclaims, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretcheth and stretched out arm. And then the prophet says the following, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Pause. Ladies and gentlemen, please hear me well as we go forward. The prophet says, our Lord God, which is the Lord God, Jehovah Elohim, he said, behold, you have made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and your stretched out arm. That means the power that you extended. Please hear me well, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says there is nothing too difficult for thee. There is nothing whatsoever. And this is, the Lord says this of himself. That means there is no challenge. There is no situation that you may face that is beyond the ability of the God that you serve. He said nothing. The word nothing there we understand, ladies and gentlemen, means no word, no promise, no declaration, but mostly no rhema word. Nothing that God has said that he will do on your behalf is too hard for him to do. This is the God that we're talking about. Now, let's have a look at that in the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we begin to work towards a close tonight. Now, turn in your Bible, please, ladies and gentlemen, to John chapter 9, reading from verses 1 to 7. And we are going to I'll put them both in the, in, the, in the chat, Matthew chapter 15. And we are going to look at verses 29 to 31. And so let's start in John chapter 9. And we will see the, how the, the Jesus Christ manifests the name of the Lord God, the creator of all things. John chapter 9, and we're going to go to verse 1. And I'll read to verse 7. As, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Verse six. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. He spat water onto the ground, mixed it with the sand, and he made mud, remembering. And I'll come back to that in a moment. And he said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. That means wash, wash the mud off, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Pause. Jesus is confronted by a man that has never seen. 
and he said, these are the works of God. I must work the works of the Lord. That means this is what the Lord has shown me to do. We know this from John chapter five. I'll, I'll come to that reference. So Jesus does what? He demonstrates that I am the Lord that maketh all things. So he makes mud, puts it on the eyes of a blind man. We don't know whether he has any eyes. He's never seen. And the Bible says Jesus puts mud on his eyes. He doesn't even say a prayer. He just says, you know what? Go and wash off the mud and we're good. The man washes off the mud. As the mud comes off his face, what was never there was now fully functional. I speak over your lives that the God that maketh all things will remake whatever he needs to remake in your life, your body, your business, or your future, so that you will come back and it will be fully functional as if it was never broken. Ladies and gentlemen, we realize that Jesus is demonstrating the fact that God made all things. Let's go to our second example. And this is, this is where we will literally wrap up tonight, simply because we've only got about two or three minutes left. This is where we'll wrap up. Please turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 15, verse 29, and we'll see this again. So we'll see the same thing happen, but on, on a larger scale. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Verse 31, insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, let me explain what happened. Jesus, they, Jesus goes up to a mountain and, and they bring to him near impossible cases. What, what they listed there were people that were lame. That means their, their limbs were either misshapen or broken. There were people that were blind who had lost their sight either by war, by violence, by sickness, disease, or by the fact that that's how they were born. Those that had never spoken, but also the one that I want you to focus on is those that were maimed. Now, maimed is the work of a man. That is what used to happen in battle. So those that were hacked in battle, they had lost legs, they had lost limbs, they had lost arms. Sometimes if they lost the battle, they were punished by losing arms so they could never fight again. And so these were people who had lost limbs. So they were, the limbs were not present. The Bible records that because of the power of God that was present, Jesus healed every single one of them. The Lord remade what was broken, what was missing, what was absent. Ladies and gentlemen, as you come to God in prayer this year, and you ask him for a remaking of what was missing, what was broken, or what is absent. Remember the fact that the name of the Lord God, through the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is that he is Jehovah Elohim, the God who created the heavens and the earth. You will not ask him anything that he cannot do and so ladies and gentlemen we see this in the life of Jesus and so as we close tonight and we'll pick this up and complete it when we start next week but let me pray for you now because we, we're out of time ladies and gentlemen sadly we're out of time and so I join my faith with those who require power of the Lord creative ability of the Lord to work on their behalf. Ladies and gentlemen, may the word of the Lord tonight find a place in your heart 
so that you will always have the confidence to go to God your Father in the name of Jesus Christ, knowing that he is the all-powerful God and he is the creator of all things. May God make and remake whatever needs to be remade in your life. I join my faith with yours tonight. Not only am I asking that he heals you and your loved ones, but that he delivers you from whatever caused the sickness or the illness. I join my faith with you tonight that if you are in between a prayer and a miracle, God will give you strength. Ladies and gentlemen, I just really thank God for tonight. I pray if you need to go over this, it will be on the podcast. I pray that you do. We'll wrap this up next week. May God bless you. May God keep you and may God strengthen you. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you on Monday. Have a wonderful night. God bless you. 